Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All Elite Wrestling is ultimately a force for good in the business. Its greatness has been normalized, so we need to apply some context and some perspective to underscore AEW's importance to wrestling The Dark Ages need to be illuminated. Hi everybody, I'm Andy from What Culture, and this is how AEW saved and ruined wrestling. In 2018, WWE was oppressively bad and flat to the extent that the McMahon family literally had to apologize for it on their own TV show. The idea was for Vince to show contrition, but he couldn't even do that. At the slightest hint of a what chant from the live crowd after the McMahons had promised to listen to the audience, Vince turned his back on the crowd and said, I can't do this all by myself anymore, but I can do it without you guys. Stephanie had to be the one to say that we haven't been doing a good job for you guys lately, you guys being the fans, even though at the time she had zero influence over the company. The man who had tasked himself with change actually changed his own mind in seconds. He had a little temper tantrum and proved himself again as a liar and a narcissist. And WWE didn't change after 2018. In fact, 2019 was even worse than 2018. Vince McMahon booked shows under the belief that you literally didn't have a brain capable of functioning memory. And then, on October 2nd, 2019, a Dynamite launched. It has since evolved subjectively into an excellent TV show. Its match quality and range are out of this world phenomenal. The promos are expressive, organic and outstanding. Personal issues draw money and AEW's top feuds are all about personal issues. But if you prefer a more intricate overlapping saga as well, then the most recent chapter of the Elite's long-term storyline is the most recent example of that. It is packed with mystery, lore and everything you could possibly want. At its best, AEW is a masterpiece factory. At Revolution 2023, yet another stellar wrestling show peaked to a seminal tier, with Excalibur putting his home promotion over as the destination of pro wrestling. It wasn't the first time AEW had designated itself that way, but was there a sense of entitlement at play here? Tony Khan is a hardcore wrestling fan with eclectic tastes. He doesn't always get the story right, but he isn't Vince McMahon, who, if he could get away with it, would only push guys with bulging physiques who are seven foot tall. Tony isn't Bill Watts, who valued toughness above all else. He isn't Antonio Inoki, who revered and demanded immaculate technique. He isn't Gabe Sapolsky, who at times was allergic to fun. And he isn't Triple H, whose basics first approach is very often great, but sometimes very dry. Khan isn't doing what he does to spitefully control wrestling, but he is kind of hogging it, if that makes sense. AEW's USP is that it is a hub world for all of the industry, designating itself 
itself this way. It means AEW is robbing the wider wrestling world of so much, however. And it's not as if Khan is acting with malice. To be clear, it is mostly an unintentional byproduct. In America, the wrestling world outside the mainstream has rarely felt smaller. Khan's own Ring of Honor brand is great when it peaks, for example, but often doesn't offer anything that AEW doesn't already have. The pay-per-views are blow-away awesome, Supercard of Honor being the latest example of that. But the television, while good, isn't state-of-the-art or new in any way. Impact Wrestling scratches an itch, but sits uneasily, trying to balance sports entertainment shenanigans with higher match quality. It does a great job of pleasing its base, but that base is increasingly small, and Impact often feels like WWE light. And there are at least a handful of great matches on the independent scene every single week, which is a good thing, obviously, but it is increasingly difficult for those matches to make a mark when the scene itself is still recovering from recent signing sprees, and no longer boasts much of an identity like it used to have in the glory days. I watch groups like Black Label Pro, Prestige, Defy, and so many others on a weekly basis, to be clear about that. But it's nigh on impossible to book something, if you're an indie promotion, as interesting, believable, or huge as the seminal Ring of Honor vs. CZW feud, when AEW happily books a Nick Gage or a Timothy Thatcher or another invading star on TV like it's nothing. This is, in many ways, a good thing. It was a disgrace that the stars of Ring of Honor's prime years in the early 2000s were either ignored by the mainstream, pushed reluctantly by Vince McMahon, or outright buried for so long, thanks to Vince's madness, cosmetic bias, and arrogance. Some of the greatest wrestlers of all time waded through so much piss at the behest of people who hated wrestling in their physical primes. AEW, on the other hand, embraces wrestlers as artists. The travesty of a lost generation has been resolved on the major stage. Frankly, it is reductive garbage to say the indies of today are a fading hodgepodge of technical kick pads and irony. But the days of the scene flourishing in defiance of established norms and in defiance of the mainstream are kind of over. But at the same time, there is a certain impulsive greed to AEW's activity. AEW fans have watched Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Utah, for example, experience awkward adolescences on television. Did Khan sign and push them too early to the detriment of the indie scene? Were they ready? And did AEW really need them? Don't get me wrong, I think it's great that both of these guys have contracts. I think they are among the most promising wrestlers in the entire world. I enjoy their work greatly, and I love seeing them, having them around, and watching them on TV. But perhaps it would have been better if they were both allowed to develop their characters and create buzz before they joined AEW's huge rotating cast, when they have often been swallowed up by that same bloat. Both men are immensely gifted, but Yuta in particular has been eaten alive on the microphone more than once, and Garcia, despite being a frankly incredible wrestler, has often struggled to shine in the sludge of near-constant bad finishes that come with being a part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. WWE once arrogantly told CM Punk that he didn't know how to work. The inverse of that is that now, AEW would sign a young Punk up to the second he showed some promise in IWA Mid-South. Punk would have been flown in for a dark shot before he realised, as he famously did when wrestling Eddie Guerrero, that he still had a long way to go. He'd have been brought in before he had evolved into the next big superstar that he became through his immortal run in the original Summer of Punk. Now, we have reached the other end of the extreme. Many of Garcia and Yuta's contemporaries in AEW have also cooled off. Take Hook, who has never reached the highs of his first couple of months as a new cult favourite. There is simply too much good wrestling in AEW for his peak to have endured. A good duopoly is still fundamentally flawed and unfair. And that's kind of where we're at with AEW. And because AEW is the epicentre of buzz and conversation, the hardcore fan experience online absolutely sucks. This 
This is the most overanalyzed wrestling promotion of all time. Every single thing it does is scrutinized to death. It is exhausting. Back in the day, the In The Weeds millennial fan, of which I am one, always had something to cling on to if the big promotions were failing them. Those growing up in the 90s could flog to the renegade ECW. A decade later, when WWE was almost solely focused, seemingly, on producing the worst TV wrestling of all time, fans were able to latch on to Ring of Honor or TNA's X Division, and later, promotions like PWG and Evolve or the nascent UK scene. But now, for the first time since Vince McMahon's national expansion, there is no cool emerging subculture. AEW is far too big for that. It simply cannot be the cool alternative. There is no real playground in which a wrestler can flourish and become something close to the best version of themselves before making the next step and jumping up to the mainstream, having already generated their buzz. And if a movement does develop organically, AEW is almost certain to integrate it and sign the wrestler in question. AEW is the destination of pro wrestling. It is ultimately a force for good and a great weekly product. But the journey to get there, at the moment, is all kinds of broken. Anyway, that's my take on the matter done, so be sure to let me know about yours down in the comments section. Let's get some constructive debate going on the state of modern American wrestling below the mainstream. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications if you'd be so kind. Then, you can follow us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at AndyHMurray. The H stands for, hey, time for me to shut up and go watch DDT instead. See ya! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.